0: Please note the views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and our guests and may not necessarily represent the views of the Social Democrats. Hello and welcome to The Social Democrat, the monthly podcast recorded and hosted here in
1: Tipperary. We, the volunteers from the Tipperary Social Democrats, will chat with knowledgeable people on the national and local topics that interest you.
0: I'm Ellie. I'm Khan. I'm Brendan. And I'm Luke, and we're the elected officers of the Tipperary Social Democrats branch. Every month, we'll discuss a different national topic, such as education, transport, housing, health and mental health, and climate action, while bringing a local lens to these issues within TIP. We would also love to hear about the other issues that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. So please get in touch through our social media pages or by email to tipperary at socialdemocrats.ie.
1: We hope you enjoy the chats.
0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Social Democrats. I'm Ellie, and I'm your host today. And I'm joined by Jen Cummins. Um, Jen Cummins, some people may have heard of you as you were a candidate for the local elections in 2018 with the for the Southwest Inner City for the Social Democrats. Yeah. And one of the main reasons you're on to chat today is because you're the cha- chairperson of the board of directors for Educate Together. So you're very welcome, Jen, and thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Ellie. Thanks for having me.
0: So I'll pass over to you now and you can just give me a bit of an introduction on yourself and your, your background.
1: Yeah. So um, my name is Jen Cummins and I am from the Dublin South Central branch. Um, and I'm also a member of the National Executive um, and I joined the Social Democrats just before the local elections 2019, so in 2018, and um, I ran as a local candidate in the southwest inner city. Um, I'm a mum of four, and I, in my paid job, I'm the coordinator of Ballymun and Shaw School Completion Programme. And uh, in my voluntary capacity, I'm the chairperson of Educate Together's Board of Directors.
0: Brilliant. So tell me a little bit more about your paid job. So the school completion program in Ballymun.
1: Yeah. So i am been coordinator for just short of 15 years. And um, the program is set up uh, to support young people to succeed in their mainstream education for as long as possible. So we work with four to 18 year olds and we try to ensure that they have the best possible um, experience in school and we provide programs kind of social emotional support in school time. We have holiday support, so like camps and things like that. And then we have more specialized programs um, to help children and young people who are no longer in school. So we run a program called iSchool um, to help students who who are no longer in mainstream, but who would like to continue doing QQI level three and four. Um, so we have a kind of a multiplicity of, of approaches to try and helping help the young people who we work with to to go as far in mainstream as possible and then find alternatives for them. It, maybe they might wanna go to U3H or I school or go to a community training program. So yeah, we have a lovely team. There's, there's four of the members of the team um, and we're working in a number of schools in the Ballymun area. So yeah, it's it's a lovely job, and it's a it's a pleasure to go there every day. I have to say, <laughs> great.
0: And you can obviously see the link there with Educate Together, and you're obviously very passionate about education and equality in that area in general.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my I suppose I got involved in Educate Together because when I had my own children, I was looking at the the type of school that I'd like them to go to, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I wasn't really sure what I wanted or what was available, and but I remember I was working in in Dart Centre at the time. And there was a show on for children and I was working behind the box office and there was all these schools would come in. And I remember this one school came in and the teacher kind of did this kind of clapping thing and all the children repeated it. And then they all were really quiet and they all started to speak with one another in a really respectful kind of, Engaged way, and I was like, "Oh, I'd love my child." I didn't have children at this stage, but I thought if I have children, I'd love them to go to a school like that. When I asked the the, the, one of the teachers or whoever was there, "What school do you come from?" and they said it was, which and I don't remember now actually, but it was an Educate Together school, and I thought, "Oh, that's something to look into in the future." Um, So when I had my first child, I was looking around, thinking, "Oh, where will I, where will I send her to school?" and I sent her to uh, Griffith Barracks multi-denominational school. And so from there I became involved in in the patron there in the board of management. And then I ended up um being elected onto the board of directors of educate together. So it was that kind of progression, you know, your own child gets involved in something, and then you you want to help out as much as possible. And 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 that's where and that that was she started school in two thousand eight. So that was my the involvement started as as far back as then.
0: Oh great. So educate together has been around since 1978 so obviously it's been around for a long time but yeah um yeah. i think people even anecdotally can say that the the demand has definitely increased over the years yeah so i know that um so 96 percent of schools in the state are are under the patronage of religious bodies mm. so it's still a quite a small number that are non-denominational mm. but have you noticed a big increase in demand for educate together schools in just in your involvement
1: yeah, absolutely. I think Educate Together has opened 20 schools since, since 2019. Um, so the, 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 the desire to have your child go to an Educate Together school is definitely there. Um, I think, you know, one of Educate Together's roles or, or what they're, the, the, one of the visions that we have is that any child who wants to go to a school like Educate Together or an Educate Together school, that choice should be there for them. Um, and I think that it's, you know, there are still a number of counties who don't have an educate together school. And, you know, they're like Leitrim, Roscommon, Tipperary, Monaghan, Cavan and Longford. So, you know, it there are still places where we don't have schools. And there are places like Dublin where there's lots of schools, Do you know, um, you know, we've 90, 95 primary schools and we have 21 second level schools. So they're, they're and in in Ireland and then in the UK, we have four in Bristol Um So there is I do think that that there is an increasing amount of people who want um, an equality based, inclusive school for their children. Um, And I think that Educate Together definitely from my perspective as a parent has definitely answered that. But also, you know, I I would hope as chairperson that, you know, our aims to have that available to other families would also be, you know, achieved. in, in the net, you know, we have we have his new have st- new strategic plan and things like that. So we have kind of mapped out what we'd like to have. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, one of the things is that you know the government's objective to provide four hundred multi-denomination, sorry, non-denomination or multi-denominational schools by twenty thirty. We are also we be very happy with that as well. You know, we're in line with with mm-hmm. trying to keep that uh, that that objective uh, achievable. You know.
0: Yes, and you were speaking there about the number of counties that don't have Educate Together schools and Educate Together schools are concentrated somewhat understandably, obviously, in the larger urban centres. Mm. So is there kind of plans underway in to bring more rural Educate Together schools on board?
1: Mm. So it's like schools, educate together schools can start in a number of ways. Yes. So for example, you know the government might say okay we're okay we're going to open a school in x location and then <clears throat> excuse me parents will be asked to vote on the patron that they would like to have for that school um, and that's kind of clear-cut because you know the government decides we're going to open a school here it's going to have x y and z and the parents go I want uh, you know an educate together school so they click on the you know your child has to be within the boundary they have to be a certain age you have to provide different information to say I want my child to go there and then the patron who who gets the most votes is then that's the school that's granted the, the 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 school and and that's one way but another way would be if a group of people got together say for example in Tipperary where you're based there who would really like to have a school for their children there they can start a campaign group and our new schools team could meet with them and find a strategy as to what's the best way for going about this so will it be that the government will open a new school in Tipperary and it might be an educate together one? Will it be that they campaign for one? Would it be also that say, for example, around the country there are some schools who maybe their numbers are, are decreasing for whatever reason? And mm-hmm. as part of divestment, so that's when the government divests a, a school from its religious patron to another patron, um, which is non-denominational or multi-denominational perhaps those schools are identified. Already there might be schools in the er, Tipperary area who, you know, there's less numbers and maybe a school would be, two schools might be merged, for example, and then leave space for an Educate Together school there. Or a school might decide, no, actually, you know, we really don't want to have kind of a religious uh, patron. We would like to have a multi-denomination, a non-denomination. one, and, and again, that process happens that way. So there's, you know, but the campaign group, I would be encouraging people if they if they would like this this type of school for their children to contact the new, new schools team in Educate Together and they can, you know, identify. The, the next kind of steps and I suppose that's how lots of schools happen isn't it like do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like the government doesn't decide to open schools in every area some people really have to push you know they have yeah. to push really hard to get a school open and it, it doesn't happen overnight either but you know I think that the energy from the new the new camp the campaigns for new schools is is it's really energetic it's really um it's really passionate the, I've, I've gone to lots of school openings where that has been the case and, and the relief and the joy on those families' faces on that opening day is just, it's incredible. Um, but it's lots of hard work as well, you know, for everybody involved. Um, and not least the parents and also the national office and then, you know, the the principal and the teachers and the admin staff. So, um, yeah, they, they are they are days where you love going to see a school, a first day of school when, when a campaign has been a long you know a long one um yeah
0: (laughs) yes i can imagine and so you were saying that you have 95 educate together primary schools and there's 21 secondary
1: schools so
0: would the secondary schools would there be a similar way for a secondary school to become an educate together school
1: yeah, similar process. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just depends. Is, the, is is there going? Is the government saying, "Oh, we we'll actually, you know, with the population or whatever else, we need to have more secondary schools," or is there a campaign for them? It you know it, it it's kind of, you know, the government has to grant them at the same time. So you know, is there is there a campaign group there already? Absolutely. It's there is you know they kind of they had mapped out what you know where there's going to be a population increase and where there may be more secondary schools needed and the government based it out on those number of areas. um, And that's where they identify that schools would need to be opened. And then that campaigning part starts for, you know, for Educate Together School. so, yeah, definitely there's I mean, there is certainly areas where in the country where there needs to be more schools um, and more choice offered to parents. Do you know, you know, like Cork only has one second level school. Um, It's a very large county. So, you know, I, I think that there there does need to be other other choices. And also there's you know, there's not every not every county, as I say, said before, not every county has an Educate Together school. So we'd be looking to to have, you know, that choice there for parents as much as possible.
0: Of course. And for children. So if, mm-hmm. if I was a child that was attending an educator at the school, what would be different about that experience to what a traditional school that people might have attended?
1: Yeah. So I suppose um, one of the things that, which at the time was seen as kind of groundbreaking, but is now becoming more and more kind of the norm would be that, that young people don't wear a uniform. So children and young people don't wear a uniform. Um, and they're, they're, they all, the other thing that is, maybe skull, some Gale schools do this as well, where you call the teacher by their first name or the yeah. staff members by their first names. Um, and the other thing is that they are democratically run. So everybody's voice is heard within that. And I think that's one of the things that's quite groundbreaking because it isn't in a tokenistic way. Educate Together schools are democratically run. So that means all voices have a say. So from everything from if they're if they're doing, for example, say the homework policy, it's not mm. just the teachers and the principal who sit down and write the homework policy. The SNAs are asked, the admin staff are asked, the parents, the young people. They're all asked, how will they feed into, you know, to feed into this policy that I, so that it is fair and equitable? And everybody's opinion has been heard and accommodated to as best a way as possible do you know to make sure that 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 homework policy can be the best and most you know robust policy for that school and that's just one example but it goes for other things as well within the school um and i i think that's one of the things that i find is completely different is that democratic Mm -hmm. nature you know and the the other thing then is that it is child-centered and so what that means is The child is always at the center of every single decision that is made, that that the school is for the child, the school, the curriculum is for the child. The child is not for the curriculum. It's not, you know, that everything that is done has the child with the the number one focus. And these are things that are kind of normal now. But in 1978, these were things that were they were different. You know, education was different. There was a distance between, say, parents and schools children went to school, that was it. And, you know, there was, you know, they were told this is what's happening, you know, those sort of things. And, you know, it, it, it isn't the same as it is now. Parents are actively encouraged to be involved in Educate Together Schools. Children are actively involved in Educate Together Schools, in decision-making um, around all aspects. So I think they're the things that are, are, are different, but also that there's ethical education. So that's seeing the world and exploring different aspects of life that you that children love i i think that they really love this part i know my own children always loved the ethics curriculum because they could get to explore things like kind of big philosophical questions or big ethical questions that they didn't have space to do elsewhere um and i think it's it's also learning about other people and their viewpoints and being really respectful that's the other thing i suppose which i always find fascinating and and i love it when i go to educate together schools is the absolute respect that everybody has for somebody else's opinion for everybody else's mm. opinion and like when they're debating how they talk about you know i you know i hear what you're saying but i would like what about have you you know could i suggest this or you know they have this lovely language which i'm not replicating and doing justice right now but they mm. just have this lovely language in how they debate um and it's so respectful and it's so kind so they're the things that I think from an educate together school perspective when I visit schools that I that stand out to me and hopefully stand out to other people who visit
0: yeah it sounds wonderful and it sounds really radical mm. um, you mentioned there something about Gale schools so that kind of brought a question to my mind so are there any educate together Gale schools
1: there are there are um, and it's I think it's fascinating because Educate Together has other kind of partnerships with other organisations. So we have mm. joint patronage or we have, you know, and these are kind of technical terms that our CEO will be much better at explaining than I that I am. But, you know, there's kind of a different mixture. So there's kind of schools who have the, they are they can be Gale School or they might be part of an ETB. So it brings the best of both organisations to providing schools, a school for for children living locally. So. Yeah, it, yes, there are. And I think it, in the future, it'd be great to see more. I do see that there is an increase in Irish um, language schools and I think and the, and the desire that parents have for that. Um, mm. So, I, yeah, I think there are at the moment and I would see that there possibly will be more in the future as well. Again, it depends on on parental choice.
0: Great. So you mentioned the government's objective to open 400 multi-denominational mm. schools before 2030. Yeah. So would you see Educate Together as having a large role to play in realising this goal?
1: For sure, yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing is that it, that, that divestment um, plan, the objective is 400 schools. Uh, and, you know, we're not there yet. You know, there's not, there isn't the, we're not near the 400. It's 2022 now. We're, we're not, mm. the, the, the current pace of change is very slow you know but again big ideas and big change it needs time and and those sort of things as well you know like the, I, I think a lot of things when when there are big changes like this as well and when there are when Educate Together is very successful and you know and it's becoming kind of very quickly oversubscribed and there are schools there that maybe need to or could do with it that divestment process it would be really fantastic but I think that you know, that, that kind of strategy needs to be very clear. It needs to be very um, transparent. There needs to be a bit of a roadmap put in there as well, you know, and what are the educational supports that are going to be there from the department for those transfers at a kind of local level? So I think it's, you know, I, I do think these things, for example, do merit a Citizens' Assembly on education. And I know that there are people calling for that around the country from various viewpoints. Um, and I would think that these are one of the things that, This is one of the issues that I think is going to, you know, when there is going to be a, you know, a citizen assembly on education, I think this will come up, parental choice. And I know I keep saying parental choice, but it is a a parent's choice as to where their child at primary school for junior infants goes to school. Do you know, um, for the most part, obviously, they talk to their children about the types of school and what the schools locally and things like that. But it's parents who who sign kids up it's all that sort of stuff so it's not that I'm I'm not saying that children don't have a choice and particularly at second level they also have a very huge impact of what the young people say what the young person says about where they want to go to secondary school but you know I think parental choice on where their child goes to school is such a fundamental issue that if you don't have choice that's where that's why there's been such a you know that's why our schools are so oversubscribed because there just isn't enough of them so you know, if more and more parents want this type of education for their children, then there needs to be more places available for them to go to. So that citizens' assembly, I see that that will be, that definitely will will come up. Uh, you know, parental choice and and many many other issues. Do you know what I mean? That probably this podcast is a little bit too too yeah. short for you know what I mean as to why we would need that citizens' assembly.
0: Absolutely. So that that makes it that um, moves in nicely to. So i wanted to ask about you as you say you were a local election candidate in 2019 or 2018 excuse me and 2019 it was 2019 2019. yeah and you're you're on the national executive for Mm. the social democrats so how does that aspect of your life kind of match in with your involvement with educate together
1: Mm. i think that um it's interesting when we were knocking at doors you know I mean, obviously, any local election candidate will tell you that dog poo is the number one issue. <laughs> but if you could get over that, you know, there are kind of issues that, that people discuss. And that is about, you know, where is my child going to go to school after? Where Where are we going to live and the type of housing? But education is fundamental to parents worries you know young people's worries you know and not even just at primary and secondary but also at third level the costs those sort of things they really really they really really you know are, are such like you know people talking about you know skipping meals to be able to feed their children at the moment like this is yeah. shocking and education is supposed to be free so there you know I, I met a lot of people on the doors talking about the cost of things the cost of education the you know the the lack of choice, but also, you know, there was a lot of and I'm kind of going back to what at the time, but, you know, for children who have additional education needs, the worry the parents have about where are they going to go to school? You know, mm-hmm. there's a campaign in, in the Dublin 12 area um, that Tara D.C. would be involved in. And I think it's really important that, you know, it education. If it's child centered, everybody fits in and nobody's an outsider, you know, so as Social Democrats, that is our that is what we stand for, isn't it? It's its yes. that we stand for making sure that that everybody's included and nobody's left behind. And that's, you know, so I feel that they they marry very well, the kind of educate together. But also my school completion part program work mm. is it, you're trying to make sure that we're making an equitable society, not just an equal an equitable society. And. Um, And I know that the national executive, you know, it's it is that it's that governing body of the Social Democrats. So when structures and systems are in place within organizations, then strategic plans are able to be put in place and they're able to then function and we're able to deliver what it is we need to be doing in order to provide and prove to people who are going out to vote why we are a party, who will listen, who has evidence. You know base and evidence informed you know not you know policies we've costed things out we are you know we are not just we that we have you know we've got examples from other countries where this is already in action and that we bring that here that we have that provision for here so i think it's i think they marry very very well i think mm-hmm. that often when you know platforms or when things are being discussed in the doll, there is a very there's a very similar you know kind of approach to things that, you know, that, and it's not to say that educate together is, you know, all about the Social Democrats. Educate yeah. together is separate. And my role in educate together is my voluntary capacity and my my politics aside is, is here. And we, we you know, there's people on the board who come from different political backgrounds. And it's really important that everybody's working together for the good of the young people um, who will be our future. So um, I think that. Yeah. So I think that they, it does marry very well together. Um, and I think that it is something that we will find more and more when we go out on the doors. Again, it is people's frustrations, and they're not they're, you know, we. I suppose social democracy is about challenging that. Then the inequalities, and I think that that would be for many. That'll be from housing, health. It'll be education. Uh, you know, I think so. We will find there will be there will be more calls for for more actions on things that haven't been actioned over the last while due to many different reasons
0: yes and i I think as you say the next time we go to the doors equality in education is going to be something that comes up a lot and especially after the two years that we have had with um everything that's been going on with schools. so so how has educate together found covid actually and how how have all the different restrictions in schools and online teaching and things like that, how have they played out in mm. Educate Together?
1: Yeah, I think like and I, I think if I could broaden it out, if you wouldn't mm. mind, um, because I'd be more au fait about how it went for for schools in general, actually, yeah. because the schools I work with in Ballymon are not in the Educate Together network. So what what I think that But what has been discussed in in all platforms that I've been involved in is the absolute inequality in the education system. So for a system that is supposed to be free um, and is supposed to be equal, it most certainly was highlighted during COVID how that is not actually um, true. And an example would be for, you know, for a student who comes from Uh, A background where Wi-Fi is in the house, where there's food every day, where there's, um, you know, where there's a parent who's able to help. Um, It it was it was difficult enough, you know, to sit online all day and to learn at second level was difficult. But they had a warm house. They had Wi-Fi. They had access to a, a computer or a laptop or a tablet or whatever else it was. But for very many children. And young people um they did not have access to that so they didn't have wi-fi and i know people will will hardly believe me when i say there are people in this country who do not have access to the wi- to wi-fi and mm. they might think oh they might be down the country and it might be do you know not there's no broadband uh, like i work in Ballymun, it is city it's dublin do you know what i mean there is wi-fi but people cannot afford it and so you know and that was echoed throughout the country in my colleagues on school completion program that there are families who didn't who couldn't afford it, that there was children who didn't, don't have tablets. There were families who had one rubbishy kind of smartphone and everybody was trying to work off it. And so yeah. if you take the student who was doing the Leaving Cert this year or, or over the last while, who didn't have the same access to technology, you know, uh, heat, food, Wi-Fi, maybe their school wasn't able to provide the lessons or maybe they were so in in such a traumatic situation because maybe there was domestic violence or maybe there was hunger or maybe there was whatever else and they were not able to learn. And the school was their safe place. I think that really has highlighted the inequity of of it. And I think we need to schools need to be celebrated and I think they need to be thanked for their For the recognition that schools are safe places and they're the places of consistency for so many young people in this country that really, you know, I I really do think that there hasn't been enough said to teachers for the work that they have done for the principals who have worked, you know, endless hours to get everything up and running, to do things, you know, to take calls all weekend. There are so many principals, so many teachers who have gone over and above. They have worked so, so hard to make sure that on a Monday morning, those students had whatever they had. Food deliveries were happening with school completion, with schools, with loads of, you know, with youth services. A huge amount of effort has gone in. But that effort had to go in because there was a deficit there. So, you know, I think I really, really think that when we when we look at back at how we handled COVID, if we don't learn the lessons now that we don't live in a society which is is equal for every single person and and we try and rectify that and I'm only highlighting the education part what about the health what about all those things and I you know not qualified to talk about the health stuff but you know I think that we really need there are lessons that we need to learn from that and I I think it'll be it will be a crying shame if they are not looked at and I think that Citizens Assembly that's another issue that probably will go to Citizens Assembly you know
0: Yeah, absolutely. And my final question, which I suppose Mm. you've you've spoken a little bit about the Citizen Assembly. So my final question would be, if you were the Minister for Education, what would be the first actions that you would take?
1: Well, I do know that there is an Educate Together principal, Simon Lewis, and he has a podcast called If I Was a Minister for Education. (laughs) And, (laughs) and I know sometimes I joke with my kids and say, well, if I was a Minister for Education, but now that you put me on the spot, I'm not so sure. Um. What would I do if I was Minister for Education? Hmm. Do you know, I I think I would be looking. I would be looking more at the places where it's harder to focus. So it's harder to look in the places where there isn't successes. And I say that and it's quite that's quite negative language, which I don't really want to use, but I think we need to be celebrating those young people and supporting those young people where the journey to success for them is harder than it is for other young people and i think what i I would like to see is i would like to see the language of education and the snobbery around where you go to third level or if you go to third level or if you go to this type of school or that type of school i think i'd love to see that i think i'd love to see you know, a situation where we don't call it alternative education, where we call it different pathways. I'd love to see that schools have the ability to offer students, you know, who might be, you know, some people like doing certain subjects, some like doing others. Some are are not are going to be doing it. Some are going to be doing, you know, third level. Some are going to go straight into the workforce. Some are going to go travelling. But we need to stop the snobbery around the kind of, oh, well, if you're not going to X university, then you haven't succeeded in the leaving cert because it's putting huge amount of pressure on young people. So I would really love to see a system where all of those things are equal, where they you know, where there's no snobbery about it. There's no kind of like, oh, well, you're only going to do an apprenticeship doing apprenticeship that's that's where the job's going to be do you know what I mean so I think we need to be changing the language and we need to be celebrating particularly the young people who have really struggled and we need to be investing in those areas and the, the education system needs to the the investment in it needs to be smarter it needs to be you know we need to look at our neighbours. We need to see what are they investing? How is it the same? Obviously, we can't you know, compete with countries who are way richer than we are, but mm. what are they doing well? And can we change the system to be more child focused and not that we're that we're building a learning system, learning for the love of learning rather than learning to become an economic unit at the end. So that that is a kind of very long winded answer. So and it's a little bit more kind of philosophical rather than me saying I oh, like change this this and this these are the kind of things I would like to see I would like to yeah so <laughs> that's what yeah, I would do No, that
0: wonderful is. that's brilliant yeah. and I, I hope that we do see those Jen so me thanks too. yeah so thanks so much for coming on to chat to us it's been really informative and really interesting is there anything else you'd like to say before you finish up
1: no just thanks a million and I absolutely love the name of the podcast it's fantastic <laughs> and uh, I'm wishing you all the very best of luck with it um, and I'm looking forward to listening to them all Thanks so much, Jen. Bye now. Thanks so much, Ellie.